God is all there is. How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Good, good morning, and welcome to Say Yes to Spirit. And uh, today, our theme is all about miracles. You may recall that last week we talked about um, the the biblical verse, you know, come unto me and ye shall find rest. And, and during that conversation, there was some uh, talk about if we are truly resting in spirit, is that when miracles occur? Or when things happen that seem like miracles, are they really miracles or are they just the normal consequence of living in spirit? So um, so we'll have an opportunity to talk about that in just a little bit related to the connect the dots, but today our theme will be miracles. And before we get into connect the dots, um, I do, normally we won't even talk about the new theme until we, after we do connect the dots with the previous week. But just to get us thinking about this idea of miracles, we are going to, um, I'm going to start with a quote. And it's from the Science of Mind textbook on page 162, and it begins like this. Because we fail to realize that principle is not bound by precedent, we limit our faith to that which has already been accomplished and few miracles result. When, through intuition, faith finds its proper place in divine law, there are no limitations and what are called miraculous results occur. So um, how about if we just think about that for a minute, we're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll come back with Connect the Dots. So maybe we're not taking a quick break. If you listen to us regularly, you know that all kinds of things can happen and things don't always happen based on the way we think they're going to happen. So we are having a little bit of a technical challenge and let's see if we can resolve that. Quickly, and if not, we'll just keep going, keep going, keep going. Okay, it looks like we're not able to resolve this quickly or easily. So we're going to keep going. That's the advantage, or that's the adventure. It's probably more accurate. <laughs> that's the adventure of listening live or listening to a recording of a show that was recorded live. So um, every week we do connect the dots, and and already I've mentioned that today's theme actually came from a conversation last week, so it's pretty easy to connect the dots about why this theme. But if we didn't have that and we just looked at miracles as a topic, and uh, um, what does saying yes to miracles have to do with really relaxing into and resting in the truth of spirit, as we talked about last week, you know, come unto me and I will give you rest. Come unto me, all ye who are heavy laden. You know, lay your burdens down in God, and you can... Rest. You can go through life in a peaceful manner 
and have all that you desire. And so I think a lot of times when we do have what feels like and looks like a miracle, it's not a miracle to God, right? Because God knows all, God does all, everything is in divine order in the realm of God and in the realm of spirit. And so God knows no miracles. There's no such thing as a miracle. There's simply right action. And so in that sense, if 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 we are operating in that realm of complete rest and trust and faith, then it looks on the human plane like a miracle. And that's really the the trick of it, I think. I love thinking of it in those terms because we look at something that really in the divine is quite natural and as life is meant to be lived and we consider it so out of the natural that we have to give it a name of miracle or so out of our individual control or out of our individual control or our individual experience or expectation. Yeah. So that that transitions us right into talking about miracles but that connects the dots piece about, oh, yeah, if I lay my burdens down, I'm at rest, and I'm at rest, then my faith tells me what I need to happen is going to happen. Right. So for the next 50 minutes, you're going to hear us go back and forth, but but is it really a miracle? (laughs) It's a miracle, but... I mean, all of it. It's a miracle, but yeah, it's the way life is supposed to be. So, um, yeah. So that's our connect the dots for today. Unless you have something else to add, I think that's it. I'm I'm excited to think about miracles. I do love the topic of miracles. Okay, well then let's. um, Our the technical difficulties that we're having are with. Well, at least I'm assuming, we are both assuming that you can hear us, <laughs> but um, the technical uh, challenges are queuing up music. Should I for the commercials? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think or hum? I can hum. Uh, no. 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 Maybe uh-huh. not. Okay. I think that we will we simply make the transition and move into <laughs> talking any... about miracles. And the and the miracle of you know how people use the word miracle they say the miracle of life the miracle of um, uh, you know if someone gets healed from a disease well that was a miracle if I show up on time for something people say that's a miracle <laughs> so we kind of use that word rather um, you know loosely in terms of really. Uh, grand events. Uh-huh. And I I, I, I like to look at um, little exchanges that I have and how the day goes and how I experience my day and look at the, I always call it being in the fold of life. When I was growing up, we used to make those tents out of sheets and we would roll nickels and dimes and pennies down the tent and if you would get into a little crease, the, the 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 my penny would run the race. We would have little races. You'd drop a penny at the top, and whoever's penny got to the bottom won. And if I made a little kind of a crease in my sheet, mm-hmm. it would go back much faster. And when I'm looking at my day or my experience, if I'm in that kind of crease or that fold of life, little miracles show up in terms of you know phone calls from a friend right at the t- right time. Yep. Time warping, you know, I do have some uh, challenges getting places on time, and, you know, I'll follow the same route and I'll get places faster. You know, just a simple thing in terms of, um, you know, having an unexpected $50 come from a friend that I had forgot that I had lent $50 to, you know, yeah. months before. So these that. little tiny things really kind of are miraculous. If I add them all up, it can kind of create a. a Sort of an expectation of a miracle, I guess, versus in the little things versus in the big, huge cure of a disease kind of miracle. 
you know, I was taking a class a few years ago, and um, during part of the class, we were asked to, oh, no, during part of the class, I was like, how did we get on unexpected income? But it was oh. just we were at, we were paired with prayer partners or prayer groups, like prayer circles, and everybody in the prayer circle was supposed to, you know, ask, have a prayer request. And then everybody in the circle would do prayer for that person, kind of like a mastermind group, except we were in a class, so we were assigned. And, and it was interesting because someone in the group asked for prayer for unexpected income of a specific amount you know, within a specific time period. Right. And there were, as I recall, five of us in the group, and and three of the four people doing prayer for the person who requested it, you know, dutifully did their prayer during for the next week, and uh-huh. they wrote it, everybody wrote a prayer and brought it for that person. Oh, nice. And, um, it's, but the the last person in the group came back and said, that you go ahead and admit it was not me. It was not you. Okay, no, but, you do but sleep. Yeah, it yeah. was not me. But I, ever since then, have taken this approach. <laughs> um, it was not me, but the the last person said, you know, I have prayed for you for the amount that you asked for in the time that you asked for it, but I could not pray for it as unexpected income because oh, interesting because. If I'm doing a prayer request and I am in prayer about this, I know it is coming. And oh, I expect tricky. it. Yeah. And right. so it's not unexpected. And he said that every time he thought about it as unexpected income, Interesting. you know, then it, was, it got us into this conversation about, yeah, unexpected income is kind of like it's a miracle. You know, uh-huh. I don't know where it's going to come. I don't know where it's going to come from. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so I can't really expect it. And so it'll be like a miracle. Oh, and you all can pray for me for that. And a miracle will occur and the money will come. And and that was really interesting because it's like what we're talking about today. If I am saying yes to spirit, and if I really believe I am in partnership with an unlimited yes. God that knows everything and knows where everything is and works in divine order that what is supposed to be is happening exactly as it should, then is it a miracle that the money shows up? No. No. But from a human perspective, since I can't see it and I can't imagine where the money's coming from, it feels like, and I call it uh-huh. a miracle. And, you know, that seems like such a overwhelming way to just start living, but you know, your, little, your little quote that you read at the top of the hour where you said, you know, precedent, what is it, precedent is not... Principle is not bound by precedent. Precedent, yeah. So, in other words, and that's always so reassuring to me. It's like every moment is a new moment. I can reconnect to source in this moment. And yeah. and you're absolutely right. It's not a miracle if we really fully understand um, who we are and how how we are actually Christ consciousness, divine expressing God itself, whatever we want to call us, if we can really stop and, and live in that. I have a friend that just completed a meditation series. Um, uh-huh. John and Linda... Caswell have sit and be still. What is sit and sit and be still? Is their website? But she just did their four week series, and really, if you're in the Dallas area, I suggest you looking that up because she got a lot out of it. And she said that one of the quotes that they used is, "We would never from the Course in Miracles," and she said, "We would never be in fear or worry if we knew who was standing beside us." Yes, and. The concept of having angels or spiritual partners or God's spirit or the energy of the source of the creative one 
in alignment with us, available to us at every moment. All the time. All the time. It it is if it just um amplifies who we are and what we do in our normal thinking. I mean I normally think so small. Yeah. I normally think so limited. And when I can step back and really fully grasp that to the best of my human mind can't, it's like a state of living in a state of awe. Yeah, well, and again, what we call awe, which actually yeah, go. Yeah, right. should be a normal. normal. <laughs> it's like, uh, awe, really? Why can't it just be that I really know, <clears throat> I really know that I live my life in partnership with God. And because of that, anything is possible. And I'm not cocky about it. I'm not arrogant about it. But I know it like I know, like I know. I know it at such a deep level that there's no question about it. And every action I take and every conversation I have and everything I think about goes through that that filter. Right. Changes everything. And, yeah, it's like I don't have anything to worry about. Right. I don't have anything to be concerned about. Right. And I know that my deepest desire, I'm clear about what my deepest desires are, and I know that they must come true. I know that they must manifest in physical form. And what's so funny is our ego, if you read Eckhart Tolle, The New Earth, he talks a lot about the ego being the human mind, mind with a little m, feeling like when we say we're God expressing the little M, ego says, you know, that you're grandiose, you can't think that. It it, it, <laughs> it puts that thought down in an effort to sort of embolden itself. Yeah. So it's almost more egocentric to say, oh, <clears throat> no, I'm not that extraordinary. I'm not God expressing. I'm not, you know, that's really ego speaking. Whereas speaking in terms well, of... God is just a, something you made up and right. it's not real. Or it can't be for for here and now, for me. And really that, that little ego is always kind of chipping away at the brilliance of the experience of who we naturally are and that the feeling, oh, I, that's too extraordinary for me to say that I'm God expressing, for me to say that I can have you know, 100% access to the creative mind at any moment, at any second. It's it's always there, available to me. It's almost as if my little human ego wants to beat that down from me, wants to take that truth well, from me. Well, okay, so let's be fair to the little human ego. To the little human ego? ego. Well, <laughs> the human ego's job is to protect us. To protect itself. Well, do you think it's self itself as us. My ego sees itself as me. Right. And so its job is to protect, to keep safe, and to power, be the power, be the energy, you know, that keeps me going and gets me what I have said I want. So the ego thinks of itself actually as God. And so this idea that you have of God is like, how could that be? Because that's me, right? Listen right. To me. It's a false self, ego. Okay. So, um, yeah. So to be fair, it's just doing its job. But I'm trying to think. Um, third step prayer in Alcox on this says, relieve me of the bondage of self. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like the ego or the little mind keeps me in bondage. Interesting. And to be, to sort of um, break out of that. I had a therapist once that I had identified kind of a very strong part of my personality that wanted to take over and kind of be a, self-sabotaging part and 
it was interesting to have the conversation in terms of trying to engage that part of me that wanted to be very self-destructive mm-hmm. and almost, you know, engaged it in conversations. In my in my mind's eye, I would, you know, talk to this self-sabotaging. We gave it a name, the bully, which I thought was a very creative name. I wish it had come up with something more like Fred or something, but the bully. And, um, and I can remember the therapist saying, you know, some therapist or some therapeutic ideas are that you have to kill that bully or kill that part of the self. And this particular therapist said, really what I prefer doing is figuring out a new way for the bully to be useful. Yeah. For that energy that, because the bully is, as you said, trying to help you, but doesn't understand that you don't need that help anymore. So you don't need that help in that right. way. Right. And many times trauma survivors kind of create, because when they're little, there's parts of their personalities that kind of form to try to help them in, in that abusive situation that then become, as they grow up, as I grew up, that part of me became not helpful. Right. But to kind of honor it and to be I aware so of it. I appreciate you right. did the right thing for that situation when I was mm-hmm. eight years old. Mm-hmm. And now I'm 48, and this may seem like it's the same situation, but it's really not. Right. And here's how we're going to do this together. Yes. Here's the new, here's the new deal. Here's the new plan. And that you know that worked really well for me, and in that process of you know kind of embracing the bully and, and, and affirming the bully for what it had done, and then but not allowing the bully to run the show anymore, right? And kind of being the the parent to the bully and saying no 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 no, you don't get to go off and live in fear, or anxiety, or or be self destructive. You have to kind of comply with this idea. That I, you know, all things are going to work out just fine. We don't have to worry about that. And it is a mind. You know, it's all very interesting, all the things that happen in the mind. Is your mind constantly going? I said, yeah, I wonder if other people's minds are quite as active as my mind. Tracy stopped herself from answering that. <laughs> I guess you would say that's a no. Actually, my mind is always going. Actually, everyone's mind is always going. It's not going like mine. Exactly. <laughs> you think about, like, I need to go no. get eggs at the grocery store kind of thing. You don't think about how to solve world peace or, you know, I need to fix the world so we can all I'm live. I'm just saying that it's not likely that the things that are always often constantly going on in my mind are anything like the things <laughs> that are often always and constantly going on in your mind. In that regard... In, in in the fact that our minds are always going, we are exactly alive. Yes, we're always going, but different. But what they're focused on, <laughs> I guarantee uh-huh. you, it's uh-huh. very different. Not better or worse, just very different. I wonder, people talk about training our minds, mm-hmm. disciplining our minds. Is mm-hmm. that the M, the mind of the little M? Mm-hmm. When we say little m, we're speaking about the human, mm-hmm. and then there's a science of mind concept of the one mind, which would be a new Christian, just the capital letter. The capital M. Christians have a thought of a one mind? Or the divine with a capital D. The divine. Or God with a, well, God would always have a capital G, but. So anytime uh, you capitalize that letter, it brings in the spirit side. But our mind, the little M, uh-huh. is probably always active. People's working. Well, big M is always active too. Just waiting for it to go. <laughs> I, oh yeah! I, I could turn this over. I could lay my burdens down, my heavy laden burden, and rest in the always active, always knowing, always powerful, always present, big capital M mind. Right. So in that way, the little mind is is like the big mind. The little lowercase mind is like the uppercase mind, always active. And the lowercase mind, the human, which I, you know, a lot of times now I find myself instead of using my using mind with the lowercase m, I'll use brain oh. to remind myself that it's all just happening inside my head. Brain. <laughs> Brain, not real. Right. It's like, okay, it's working, it's working, it's serving its function, and 
It's not all. It's not the all. It's not the all. I wonder when we're starting out, I've had a couple of friends um, talk about the idea when they're starting to practice, and I've seen this with the women in the jail that practice positive affirmations and sort of being aware of our thoughts, becoming more aware of our thoughts and connecting the dots to the thread of how that plays out in our life, mm-hmm. that there's almost like this, um, oh, what's a good word for it? There's, you know, there's doubt. There seems like, oh, well, that was just a coincidence. Twelve steps, they'll say. Coincidences are God's way of staying anonymous. But um, there is sort of a sense when you first start playing around with this concept of how the law of the mind works that it's our ego, our little tiny brain wants to discount the things that we see, the things that line up. They they seem almost too 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 wonderful. They don't seem logical. They don't seem logical, right? Because my brain hasn't experienced it before, come into contact with it working that way before, or it's it's either not imaginable or it's in direct conflict with what data the brain has from past experience. Right. It's really why I love that that quote that I started used at the top of the show, that reminder, that principle with a capital P, meaning God, infinite intelligence, is not bound by anything that's happened before in uh, in my human experience or even in the experience of God itself because God has the ability to reconfigure anything that exists or create anything that needs to be created. So there is no boundary. There is no limit to what God can do. And there's no sort of um, time limit to things. Things can always happen. Things can always come about in any moment that, um, you know, this moment. It's not as if, oh, finish the sentence, Leslie. It's not as if it's some sort of, you know, it, it expires, not like a parking meter, like, you know, this this gift or this idea or this uh, miracle, you know, is going to only have a shelf life of six months. And if you don't utilize it, then it's gone. You can't access it anymore. It's as if this whole idea of God expressing through us is constantly happening, and I don't ever, I'm not ever going to be able to get outside of that possibility. Right. And that's so hard for our brain to process, right? Right. So hard for our brain to, like, take that in and really understand it. So it makes sense that we then see and experience and label things as a miracle. Right. Maybe we should have named today's show not miracle or oh, yeah. nothing is a miracle. Yes. Because it seems like our, every time we say the word miracle, it's like, but if we're living in a place of saying yes to spirit, why do we see it as a miracle? Right. Right. Why don't we just see it as the way it is? And, you know, um, things also we believe have to be so difficult. Yes, you do believe that. Oh, we, 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 the human race. Okay, you, humankind. You, Leslie. That. I just cannot, yes. I just cannot, <laughs> I can't. You know, we tell people, just try that on. You know, wear the jacket for a little while and see how it fits. No, I just cannot, mm-hmm. I cannot support my brain's desire, my ego's desire to want things to be hard and difficult. About a month ago now, I guess, maybe six weeks ago now, I had had a really bad moment and I was talking with my spiritual teacher and she said for me to take the idea into meditation that I had suffered enough. That Ooh, I had suffered enough. That's great. Isn't that nice? Apparently, a month later, I'm not quite believing it. But, you know, i am suffered enough. That's an interesting thing to allow ourselves um, to just go on, be done with it. 
What yeah. is the So for whatever reason yeah. I believed I needed to suffer and so now I can say, I've suffered enough. Yes. I'm ready for I could take my heavy laden burden <laughs> and put it at the feet and uh, be at rest. Um yeah. So so with uh you working on that affirmation and that contemplation, there's no surprise or coincidence that last week we talked about Rest, and this week we're talking about miracles. Yeah, that is true. That is so true. Supporting the process of you believing and living in the space that I have suffered enough. Believing. Believing. That's a very powerful word. And the belief is really what activates the the um, expression right. of what we get, right? I have a lot of women in the Dallas County Women Jail that you know, they are really able to forgive everybody and everything, but they can't forgive themselves. Yeah. And uh, many of them have a very um, traditional Christian way of thinking. And this one woman in class yesterday said, you know, to another woman who was struggling with forgiveness, she said, God has forgiven you. Who are you to not forgive yourself? And that's a very classic thing to say. And... If we think of it in those terms, it, that's another way we kind of elevate ourselves. Like, I'm so bad, I'm beyond God. I'm bigger than God. My injuries or my doings have, you know, gone outside the realm of what God could possibly. So I have to be, you know, suffer more or I have to not forgive myself more. And that's really ego. Very much so. It's um, It's so... Selfish. Selfish, yeah. But it's good. also the power of the ego that I have decided I am not worthy of forgiveness, which means I really don't believe anybody else has really forgiven me, and I really don't believe God mm. can forgive me. Right. And it's an intellectual thing. God has forgiven me, but I can't forgive. But, but well, you know, who is God to forgive me? This was so bad. Right. So it's when we're looking at God as a person and attributing human qualities to God that it's easy to then compare our, easier to compare ourselves to God as if we are equal and the same when really there's no comparison. There's no comparison because God is infinite. And God is the allness, and I am the specific. Even though we're made up of the exact same thing. See, that's the tricky work, isn't it? Well, I'm the specific. I'm the specific combination of the way of, of all the, a specific combination of all the different elements, but I cannot contain in one human body or one human experience all of the allness. But I have access to the allness, is that right? Is that the idea? Yeah. The allness is always available to me and partnering with me in everything that I do. But when I look at this human body and this human experience of what I do, I am just doing the Tracy part of the allness. There is a line around my body, isn't there? There is skin. Yes. Uh, Last time I looked, yeah. (laughs) So there's a finite amount of me versus all this, so the oneness. And I think many times um, the, the the little tiny ego that says I'm unforgivable or I need to suffer more um, becomes sort of the thing that, that then, does it become more powerful than God in some ways? Am I, my human will, is that where my free will comes in ter- into play? And I can give my free will over to this victim. I have to suffer. Other people can go to the party, but not me. My free will, right? My free will gives me, gives me the power to suffer. Gives me the power to be the victim. Gives me the power to make any choice I want to make. But it's still a tiny bit of the power of the allness. So it's not more powerful than God, but I I listen to it and I choose it right above or in front of the bigger power. So it then becomes the bigger player, 
I suppose. Yeah, that's, I like that. It's a bigger place. They got the bigger power. Right, right, right. It becomes my uh, star player. It's which you know which player which player sitting on the bench am I gonna have go out and save the game? Yes, yes. Well, I could pick God that knows everything <laughs> about everything in the game. But I kind of don't know God as well, and so I've been trained over the years. More familiar. I'm more familiar with ego, and I know ego and I, like, get each other, and and so I have a little bit more trust in ego in the heat of the moment. Right. And I have ego go in the game. <laughs> I do May not and, be pretty, but I know what's going to happen. Well, and I may win that game, but I may not win the season. Yeah, right. Yeah, I would imagine there has to have been some success with ego or certainly some perceived success with ego or it would have been thrown away long before. Exactly. So if we have a, if we're saying yes to spirit, you know, one of the things I've uh, noticed this last week I've had different things happen early in the morning or late, late at night, and I have missed my morning meditation. Do you notice how I had to slow that sentence down to even... No. I know. And I cannot tell you how off balance I am. I, you don't even have to tell me. <laughs> I know I, it. As off balance as I am usually, I am really off balance. And um, I am aware of the discipline of the morning meditation creating um, an alignment with that everything is a miracle because now when things work out in my day, I'm almost overwhelmed. Like I'll become very emotional. Oh, the light turned green right when I needed it. You know, versus saying, oh, of course the light turned green. I mean, I'm... I'm so out of line with my, at the end of the day, you know, sense of, um, I think, you know, probably right now I'm functioning more that I deserve, you know, to be punished in the grand scheme. But I do expect green lights along the way in my day a lot. And I think that the morning meditation sets that up because it sets up the the connection or the the fold in the sheet, so to speak. And so I'm very aware that that is like kind of running on a on a on a on a tire that's almost flat, or uh, <laughs> or the spare tire that doesn't give you quite the same balance, the smooth ride. Yeah. So that's that's so that's my excuse for the day, Trace. And I'm not I haven't had my meditation for about four days in a row. Well, it's as lousy an excuse as any other you could think of. <laughs> Now that oh. as a practitioner, yeah, you know, if you need an excuse, uh, any excuse will do. What would you like to have instead of an excuse? Oh, <laughs> here's an interesting <laughs> idea. That that's funny, Tracy. Yeah, the, I'm not practitioner. Sure supposed to be gentle and kind. And Who told you that? Who told me that? Practitioners are supposed to help you. Move from wherever you are to be closer to and be totally operating in the realm of spirit. And and with some people you can be soft and gentle and sweet. And yes. Kind. And with other people you need to be direct. <laughs> Would I be the other? And uh, no, you'd be in the middle. Ah. Ah. Now here's an interesting idea. If I'm really purely spirit. course of my existence is to be divinely designed, then why do I have to meditate? I shouldn't have to meditate. You don't. Well, it sure as hell seems like I do. (laughs) Because you have convinced yourself that it is requires work for the penance. For the penance I have to pay. Well, and pay. I have to suffer and get up and 
Right. Pay a toll. Right. And you write because you're running late. Right. Get on the toll. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Instead of just coming out Kingwood all the way. Yes. Uh Oh, my goodness, yes. Yeah. Pay for gas. And so because you believe in all of that. Wow. Then for you as an individual, but Uh you in general in terms of the world, Uh is that required? No. Wow. You know, um, I've, I've been uh, leading a class that has been inspired by the book The Sacred Yes by yes. Um, Deborah Johnson, Reverend Deborah L. Johnson. And in class this past week, we actually um, had a, a, a conversation about, about that. In the section we're reading, which is... The bigger the whole section is called feel, deal, and heal. That you must allow yourself to feel what you feel about things, mm. acknowledge your feelings, because until you do that, you really can't deal with it because sure. you're just masking it, right? Right. So you feel what you feel, and then if you're willing, you deal with what does that really mean, and what's the story I'm making up about it, right. and what's that actual truth, and of course in dealing with it, I, when I get to that point of what's the actual truth about God and about living a spirit-guided life, then all of a sudden you realize it's healed. So feel, deal, and heal is the section, and it's 13 chapters in the section. And, you know, there are a number of times in that section where in the process of feeling and dealing to get to healing, that question is, uh, there's, I, I don't have a book in front of me, but there's a, a quote that several of us really were struck by, and it's about, um, you know, as if God were saying, my hand is always outstretched to you. And in the song, Precious Lord, Take My Hand, uh-huh. you know, we sing about and we pray, oh God, take my hand and guide me. Or we sing, Precious Lord, Take My Hand. And it's like, but are you extending your hand to me? Right. You know, you want me to come down and time come down. And, you know, this is, I'm in doing quotation marks in the air. <laughs> you know, if God were to say, yes, I can reach and grab your hand, even if it's down at your side, even if your arms are crossed, you know, but... Are you actually extending your hand to me on a daily, moment-by-moment basis? Or is it just something you do in a time of crisis? And so this whole thing of, you know, being in partnership, hand-in-hand, if you imagine lovers walking down the beach, hand-in-hand, totally relaxed, one with the other, Sharing rhythm lives, having a sh- I love that having a shared rhythm and no and a consciousness that we are enjoying life together. Is that what it's supposed to be like? Well, there can is I a, start again? Well, maybe you can start again because there actually is another section in there's there are another chapter in the section uh, that looks at the relationship with God as. You know, what if you looked at me, you know, as your lover? There's a whole book about that, Petrit. Where did Reverend Petrit get a whole book about that? And that was yeah. really kind of frightening to me at first. Here's what I want from you. God as my lover. And and how we treat the relationships with people who we consider to be our lover. Our intimate beloved. And, yeah, and do we nourish? and feed and honor our relationship with spirit in the same way. And in theory, could we then extend that and, you know, nourish and feed ourselves in the same way? Exactly. Nourish and feed our friendships in the same way. Nourish and feed the little girl that I get my taquito from in the same way. Is that really, at the end of the day, is that the living in the miracles? Is that living in the presence of God to have that deep connection with myself and all those around me? Yeah. I think we figured out how to get the... Hold it. 
So um, that was fun. That was interesting. <laughs> I think I think it was a good difficulties are uh, fixed. Oh, there you go. See there, Tracy. That's a good way to uh, find out that <laughs> our technical difficulties are fixed now. When we have uh, how many minutes left in the show? <laughs> About eight minutes in the show today. That's hysterical. It's important to be spontaneous. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it is. Okay, so if we so live in that, it was a miracle. Yes. In honor of our theme today, miracles. So is it? Uh, so it is possible then to live in that state of divine design. Without paying any kind of penance or dues is what you're saying. Or perhaps I should look at meditation not as a penance or a due. Due. Is there a due? Would that be the single of dues? No. A due. A payment mm-hmm. of dues. Anyway, that I shouldn't have to look at meditation as something that I have to do, but it's something that I do to to be reminded of who I am. It's not like I, it's not like I have to do it in order to get my little no. plot for the day. <laughs> orphanage, you know, going up. Do you see the uh, metaphor? I saw the metaphor when you saw it. It was painful, it was painful then, not even worse. But yeah, meditation has never been for you. like other. <laughs> Like it's my soul. soul. Yes. No, it's not. Oh gosh. But as, if you see it that way, <laughs> then you ha- you have the option of uh, seeing uh-huh. it differently. You do have that option of uh, seeing it, choosing a different perspective, <sighs> and you also have the option of continuing to see it that way. And you know, it's funny because. I don't really have any judgment about you seeing it that way. Sure. Yes. Because it is in total alignment with how you order your life. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It works for you. Everything has to come. It at has a to time. be work, and it has to be something that I, I perceive as being held accountable for. Yes. Whether you hold you yourself don't. accountable for it, or you know, you like to uh-huh. set yourself up where other people are uh-huh. expecting things uh-huh. from you, yes. and that's how you hold yourself yes. accountable. Yes. And so it fits in the framework. It's like that's what works for you. It's the reason why, you know, I I love Science of Mind, and, and I love that within Science of Mind, we really believe that all paths lead to God. And so it makes me totally comfortable with the fact that I have a really good friend who is, you know, Church of God in Christ, and I have a really good friend who is Methodist, and I have a really good friend. You know, it's like it doesn't, my sister is an ordained minister in, in Disciples of Christ and American Baptist Convention. I, That's you know, a serious religion right there. I, it doesn't It doesn't bother me at all. It's like if that's the path that works for you and gives you a deep understanding of this energy that we call spirit and its unlimited power and presence. And if that's the path and the process and the rituals that speak to you and help you live your life guided by spirit. So you're saying my path is suffering? I'm saying that if that's the story you believe... (laughs) And it work and it works for you. Ah, so what I'm what I'm hearing is that you are deciding that maybe the path that used to work for you doesn't yeah. work so well anymore. There you go. That would be good. And so you're in the process of changing the path, trying on different right. things, different beliefs, different ways of living the belief, even like the belief. The big picture belief is the same, right? But the so in the terminal belief, the the values belief is the same, but the behavioral belief about how you how you allow that to yes. operate in your life, yes, 
you're in a time of transition. That'd be good. I'm not getting any younger. I need to transition out of that suffering idea. Well, need to and want to are two different things. Want to, need to, will, am. I am. I am transitioning. That uh, That is a Wayne Dyer. He has written a new book, Wishes Fulfilled. Um, I had started reading that, and it's an amazing book. It talks about the I am, the sentence. The, the I am is the creative sentence. Yeah. Anything that I use, I sent someone in Texas morning that said, I am really tired. And, and then I was like, erase, 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 erase. The universe said, <laughs> yeah, I've been really tired all morning ever since that text. So to be kind of conscious of I am and what I put before that sentence, before that word, you know, anything right. after I am, it right. could be very much a It's like the am, uh, am I that? Am I, is that what I'm claiming in my life? Is that what I want to claim? Is that what I life? want to claim? Is that what I want more of, right? Yeah. You know, it's funny um, just with that piece, the I am. Um, you know, you go to meetings all the time or events and and people say introduce yourself, yeah. right? And what uh, maybe about, I want to say maybe 10 years ago, but definitely seven or eight years ago, I got to the point where I hardly ever will say, I am Tracy Brown. Oh. Be, you know, because when I do it, it's kind of like, oh, I'm putting this limit around, like, kind oh. of the human capability. Uh-huh. So, and it's not descriptive of, you know, what I do in the world or all of that. So now most of the time I'll say, my name is Tracy Brown. Ah. And even and if it's a business kind of thing, I don't say I am a consultant or I don't say I am a practitioner. I'll say, you know, I work with people who do blah, 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 or I, um, I coach busy, successful people and how to integrate spiritual practices into their life. Um, you know, it's funny. I, it's like what other words and what other descriptors can I use besides I am because I want very much to be conscious of saying, you know, I am a loving, beneficial presence in the world or I am um, a powerful emanation or incarnation of God or I am peaceful. Or I am, you know, so people say, how are you today? And I'll say, I am wonderful. Or I am fabulous. It's like, okay, yeah, I can do that with an I am. The I am can express that, yes. And when I'm not feeling so well, like uh, yesterday, my neck was really stiff and hurting, which um, is not a total surprise since I recently had a car accident. But um, I found myself now, even automatically, I heard it. I, I was like, someone said, you know, how are you, how are you feeling? And I, you know, said, my neck is hurting, not I'm in pain. Oh, there you I go. I am sick. Right. I am. It's like my neck is hurting. And, you know, I, I think back now, and a lot of times I will say, well, you know, my body is having a little drama, or my body's really not feeling well, but I'm great. Yeah, I'm really, I actually can somehow, for whatever reason, I have been able to manifest that idea that any physical difficulty is not the truth of who I am. And if I am experiencing in my belief system some pain, then I quickly remind myself that that's not really the truth. Right. And I like that. I am experiencing is is true, but it's not claiming it as who you are. Right. So I'm experiencing some financial difficulties, but even with that, I'm likely to switch to, you know, or say that and then go back to, but I know I am abundantly provided, or I know that my source is God, or, you know. But I am experiencing, takes a little bit of the edge off, but the I am and if we stand in this place of miracles, yeah. being the truth of who we are, being God expressing in our world in ways that our faith really has claimed, right? then, you know, the I am statement 
even though it may sound like it would be a miracle. It's like, yes, claim it. Yeah, claim it. And, and, and somebody said one time, you know, look for the miracles. Yeah. Which is, in a strange way, just sort of allow myself to see the little tiny things that happen along the day that are in alignment with what I'm doing in my affirmations or how does my small sort of baby steps towards something, how is it being reaffirmed? Um, and to understand it, like, I like it. I like the idea that I don't have to suffer. I don't have to <laughs> pay a toll. I don't have to uh, be, um, you know, be in great debt to be able to just enjoy and to be at peace. Yeah, to have a great life. To have a fabulous day with or without meditation in the morning. I don't have to be punished if I don't go to meditation. Well, you know, and just because you're not in that particular location. Oh, there's an idea. You know, you you can meditate oh, right. anywhere except <laughs> behind the wheel of a moving vehicle. I wouldn't quite advise that. Uh-huh. Um, you can meditate anywhere at any time. For any length of time. Yes, yes. It doesn't have to be 30 minutes at that specific address at right. that specific time. Doesn't that make me more spiritual, though? Don't I get, like, spiritual brownie points? A-plus spiritual points or something? Only if you believe that. <laughs> if you believe it, the answer is yes. Yes, yes. Aren't I more likely to be able to walk through walls if I suffer through early morning meditation? I'm just shaking my head. Yes, yes. And, you know, the, the, the I like the idea that the miracle is the miracle is the natural divine design. There's nothing extraordinary about it. And so if I play that out, then there's no, there's no price to be paid for the miracle. There's no yeah, you're not buying price. miracles. Right. There's I don't have to exchange a certain amount of suffering for a miracle given to me freely, being pressed in on me all the time. She's smiling. And all you have to do is say yes. I just have to say yes. What's the name of the show? Uh Uh-huh, say yes. To spirit. I tell you, I love that name, and I do think that that is all that is, that is really all that is required in every moment of every day, is saying yes to what's already there, the flow of it. And it can be that simple. It can be that simple. It is. Oh, it is that simple. Ooh, good catch, practitioner tracing. <laughs> it, it is, is that, simple. that simple. Yeah. So, um, yeah, miracles is the title of today's show. Really, is like nothing is a miracle. It should have been the title. That's I think I'm going to adjust that on the uh, on the archive. Nothing is a miracle. Everything is a miracle. Everything, Everything is a miracle. So um, that's about it. And um, next time, next time, yeah, next time we'll be here ready to talk about something. <laughs> and we hope that you will join us. But until then, say yes, yes to the spirit. spirit. Imagine Dragons. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.